Hey there, welcome to the Marketers Take Flight podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Divin, founder of Marketers Take Flight and the creator of the Proposal Pro course. I am obsessed with helping AEC marketers just like you put order back into the proposal process, create winning strategies, and build the confidence and courage to advance your career. Each week, I will be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews to fly through the proposal turbulence and have your career take off. So let's dive right in. Well, hey there, marketers, and specifically marketing managers. Today, we're talking about recruiting, managing, and growing a remote AEC marketing team. And specifically, are there different qualities you look for in the candidates, knowing that your team is going to be remote? How do you collaborate with your team when it's spread across different offices that are maybe located in different states or even different countries? And how do you hold your team accountable when you're not there in the same office with them? This was a challenge even before the global pandemic. And it seems like we're going to have more and more remote teams moving forward. So today I have a very special guest and a friend, a very good friend of mine, Carrie Namiro. She's the marketing director at Tetra Tech. And when she took on that position, she managed a remote team all across the country. And she's here to tell us a little bit more about how she does it and how her team is so successful at what they do. And she's the lead of it all. So hi, welcome, Carrie. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we get into how awesome your team is, let's <laughs> talk a little bit about you. So tell us a little bit about your career path, how you got into the AEC industry, and how you worked your way up to being the marketing director at Tetra Tech. Well, probably like most of us, I sort of fell into the industry. I don't think I went to college to get a marketing degree. And, you know, I wanted to go work for a large corporation and really make an impact on businesses. But I needed a job and to pay my bills. So I took the first opportunity that was presented to me as a marketing coordinator at a regional engineering firm. And I absolutely fell in love with the AEC industry. I worked there for about five years and I was a part of an eight person marketing team who all sat together, actually all in one room. So I learned a lot about teamwork, pros and cons of, of being together. And after that, I decided I wanted to spread my wings a little bit and try something else besides being a marketing coordinator and writing proposals. So I took a job as a business development coordinator at another regional firm. And this time I reported to the engineering division manager, where I worked alongside other marketers, but they were with other divisions and they were outside of my office location. So here I learned two things. One, business development really wasn't for me. <laughs> and two, I learned how to work with remote team members. Mm. And since business development really wasn't my passion or really my strength, to be honest, I wanted to find a firm that I could really grow in my career and call my forever home. So I joined the global organization of Tetra Tech, a 20,000 person firm, and became a part of a team that was centralized and decentralized at the same time. So I had team members in the office with me, but I was also working with other team members across the entire country. Oh, wow. So following in the footsteps of some great mentors, I grew in my career and I'm currently honored and humbled to be the marketing director of a 20-person team that spans across the US. Okay. So let's dig in a little bit more 
of this remote team. So where are they located, the teams or the markets that they served? Just kind of give us an insight of the 20-person marketing team, because that is quite a large marketing team. (laughs) (laughs) I am honored to have such a large marketing team. Being a part of a large company, we are broken out into different operating units. And my operating unit spans the entire U.S. So that's really our, our district and what I call our playground. And we have marketers that sit throughout. So we have what I call kind of our hub locations. So there's one in Orlando where there's five marketers. We have a hub in Michigan with five marketers. We have a hub in Southern California and Denver. And then we have individual people spread out across. So there's a few people in Toledo, one in Seattle. We're really just kind of all over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've done a lot of research in the past just for various positions I'm in about the different types of marketing department structures. And you've named a couple centralized. So everybody's sitting in one location and the the whole entire marketing department is in one location and they serve the whole company or business unit that they're assigned to. And then I heard you Mm -hmm. mention hubs. I've seen that as well, where you have like pockets or hubs of marketing services that maybe serve several states or several regions, but all of those marketing people are located in that hub office, you know, whether you Mm -hmm. mentioned Orlando, Michigan, Southern California, and then just everybody kind of random, not random, but like one-offs or two-offs, small groups of people in various locations really as needed or I find in the past, like pre-COVID where people were moving for other reasons. And so Uh they they would just go and work that in that office. So it sounds like you have a hybrid model. So it's, it's more, it's like a hub and then kind of decentralized. Although I, I don't want to say decentralized because they all eventually report to you. Is that correct? Yes. They all report to me, which is, I think one of the unique things about our team structure is we don't report to the local offices. We are truly one marketing team that supports the larger larger organization. Yes. And that's a, another clear distinction between the centralized and the decentralized is it could be based on who they report to reporting structure and or physical. <laughs> but usually the decentralized is you have marketing coordinators or marketing proposal managers in various offices and they're like assigned to that office mm-hmm. and they report to that office lead whatever that title is for whoever leads that office and then in your model they might be located there in that office or that hub office but they report up to you is that correct yes okay yep great okay so now that we kind of got the makeup of your remote team and talked through some different structures, and I'll link up a, I think I wrote a blog article a couple of years ago about the different structures of marketing departments. So I'll go ahead and link that up as well. So our listeners can read a little bit more about the different department structures. So now that we talked about that, let's talk about recruiting because that is a mm-hmm. hot topic right now. I feel like it's been a hot topic since I've been in this industry. <laughs> It has. <laughs> yes. We're always looking for that great next talent. And I don't think it's ever going to stop. But I want to ask specifically, because your team is spread out and you're not working in the same office as them, 
Are there different qualities you look for in your candidates, knowing that your team is spread out versus all being, you know, in that same room together working? I say yes and no. And the reason I say that is I say no, because I always tell people I can teach anyone the AEC industry, all the acronyms, I can teach you InDesign. But what I can't teach is passion, work ethic, the drive to succeed, and specifically within kind of this team structure that we have working across the country, you know, the self-starter attitude to to be resourceful. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that we find qualities of candidates that have a lot of the same passions, and then we build upon that. So I do look for a candidate that's a self-starter who can be resourceful to find the information and create solutions. We're a large team. I'm not in each person's office all day, every day. Mm -hmm. I can't sit together. So I look for candidates that want to take ownership of their work and be resourceful in the tools that we've provided to find the information they need, but also be forward-thinking to see issues and mitigate them beforehand. Another great quality that I look for is candidates that bring a unique perspective or a certain skill set that's going to challenge my team to continue to grow. Okay. We learn so much from outside organizations and other industries. I love finding candidates who offer something new, whether it's adding a unique perspective or a certain skill set, something that's going to keep pushing boundaries. Oh, that's interesting. Can I ask a follow-up question on that particular... Of course. Yeah. So when you're looking for marketing candidates, it sounds like maybe you're open to people that haven't only worked in the AEC industry, maybe have worked in other industries. Absolutely. The AEC industry is, it's a small industry. And so we really lean, I specifically lean on outside industries for best practices and new ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's important to know. And that's why I wanted to ask you that follow-up question because, because I know so many firms and marketing managers and marketing directors that are looking for marketing coordinators and extra help, they get hung up on this idea of they have to have AEC industry experience, or that's really the preferred, or that's what they're going to look for first. And so I really like this idea of, you know, that you have or the openness that you have that, well, no, it doesn't have to be somebody in the AEC industry, but it probably needs to meet all this other criteria, (laughs) you know, definitely first. So I challenge all of our listeners out there, if you are looking, if you have a list of jobs open or positions open that you're trying to fill, maybe casting a wider net outside into other industries might help in that search. It just might give you more candidates to select from than just keeping it into the AEC industry. Absolutely. And what I tell some candidates that don't fully understand the AEC industry is we write magazine documents for engineering. A lot of us like the advertising aspect of it. And a lot of that translates into everything that we do. And Lindsay, I think you even wrote an article a couple of years ago about the unicorn marketer. Mm -hmm. They're really hard to find and it's the needle in the haystack. So if we can find really great candidates that have base skill sets, we can always grow and adapt. Mm -hmm. Are there any... Now, this is just a total question that I'm asking you. You might not be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't want to answer it, that's okay. Are there any particular industries that have marketers that have a lot of the skills that translate into ours that you maybe look for? Or do you just 
say AEC's preferred, but not mandatory, and then see what candidates you get? So one of my secrets that I look for on a resume, especially some more greener staff coming in, is have they ever waitressed or waitered? You learn a lot being in the service industry and multitasking and a fast-paced environment. So that's something I always look for on a resume. And I, I kind of lean into the advertising agency. There's a lot of turnover in that industry. And so I'll try to pick up a few people from there as well, because they understand the marketing and branding aspects of things. Mm-hmm. And they definitely understand deadlines. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, great. Thank you for sharing some of your secrets with us. I never thought about that. The waitressing, you know, I was a waitress in high school and in college. So I totally under, it is a fast pace. It's not like the most difficult job, but it is fast paced. And you do have to think on your feet and do a lot of things at once. <laughs> Multitask <Yep>. at once. <laughs> Taking orders and customers and yeah. client satisfaction. Right. And you still have to be pleasant while you're doing it. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, great. Well, thank you for answering those questions that were, I just kind of threw out at you. You gave us some great secrets. So thank you for that. We talked a lot about recruiting. Now let's talk a little bit about managing and growing that marketing team. The first is, you know, one of the challenges that I've experienced myself and I know others do as well. And I get pushback, you know, from back in my days when I was hiring marketing people, marketing coordinators and marketing managers was, well, it's harder to collaborate when they're not with us or they're not in the home office or they're not in the office with all the marketing staff. So now it's changed a lot since COVID because we've forced to collaborate because a lot of us are still working from home. But even pre-COVID, how do you collaborate when your team is spread across the country in all these different offices? Because you guys still are one team working together. How do you collaborate new ideas or big pursuits, that kind of stuff? So I'll start with kind of the touchy-feely aspect of it. It's when I first stepped into this role, I focused my first year in creating a true team culture where we had trust with each other. We had honest communication with each other and we built respect with each other. I think that is the most important thing with a team that's spread across the different offices. Mm -hmm. You have to have trust. You have to have honest and transparent communication. You have to respect each other. Once you have that, you have a a culture of a team that will jump in and help, help each other no matter what. I hear stories all the time of my team members who you know, talk on the weekend and text and visit each other. They, there's a true camaraderie to it. Mm-hmm. So the collaboration piece just comes very naturally. And then in terms of workload, each pursuit we have, we assign three team members. We have a lead marketer, a lead graphic designer, and a marketing, what we call peer review person. Somebody that hasn't done an independent review of different phases. Those three people usually sit in three different offices. So we utilize team and SharePoint and shared servers to collaborate, but we also have kind of weekly stand-up calls with mm-hmm. that team to communicate. Love that. First of all, I love all of it. I love the first year you spent, like, because you're right, that builds the foundation of any team is that trust and respect. And I like how you said it, you spent the first year 
Because that gives people a good perspective in terms of it's not going to happen over a weekend retreat (laughs) or a marketing, you know, a conference. It's like building new relationships and you were new in that position. And so Mm -hmm. that always disrupts the, the team when there's a new boss or supervisor or even new team member, new people to the team. It like disrupts the team dynamic. And so spending the time to build that really solid foundation of, you said, true team culture. I love that. You know, trust, honest communication and respect. It really helps. The rest of the problems don't seem like problems because you guys can just jump in and and handle it. Is that an accurate statement? I mean, there's going to be problems. But because you have that good foundation, it seems like you can get through them. We really can. We are a team that has grown substantially, faced adversity, faced challenges. And because we know we have each other's back and that we're in this together, we we can accomplish anything. And we have. We've proven it time and time again over the past 10 years that I've been a part of this team. It's, it's truly amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. And then the workload from like a practical standpoint, I know a lot of firms especially larger firms, they will assign like a proposal lead, proposal manager, proposal coordinator lead, and a graphic designer if they are fortunate enough to have graphic designers. But... Mm -hmm. And I've always... A good best practice that I've always tried to implement is to always have another marketer review your proposal before it goes out for like the review draft or the red team draft. But I've never really made it an assignment. So I think that's really awesome and a really good idea to actually name that person. And I'm sure you assign them based on workload, like who's available. And that way, the proposal lead isn't scrambling around to try to find somebody the day that they need to put the red team review out. Like they already know who it is going to be. That peer reviewer could be reviewing sections as they're getting ready. Is that kind of how it works? That's exactly how it works. And having that peer reviewer, it also creates you know a mentorship opportunity as well, depending on the various skill sets. Mm. In addition, it allows other marketers to see other pursuits happening in various parts of the country. So you can look at different projects or resumes or win themes and and take ideas and build that into your own work as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that. We used to do it at my old firm because our coordinators were assigned to markets. So education, aerospace, manufacturing. Yeah. And so the peer review, I would say, do a peer review of somebody else's market. And then that way they would stay abreast of that market. So if somebody had to jump in and help with a proposal, they were at least familiar with like what was going on in that market. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> we would have that. You know, workloads get unbalanced, right? There's now five proposals for education and manufacturing doesn't have any this month. So, you know, that coordinator needs to jump in and help the education coordinator. Yes. Okay. Well, I love this. Okay. So this last question I have for you is you're the marketing director. You're the manager. You sometimes have to have difficult conversations or you have to hold your team accountable. How do you do this when it's people working in your office? But some people might think it's even more challenging to hold people accountable when they're working all across the country because you really aren't working side by side with them. So how do you hold your team accountable? You're right. It is 
much harder when they're not in the same office as you. But for me, it goes back to the basics again of kind of what we've been talking about. You have to trust your team members. You have to respect them and you have to have that open and honest communication that the accountability just kind of comes naturally. And one of the things I've been doing is we are a large team. There is a lot of different talents amongst the team. And so I ask certain marketers to take on responsibility of some of the bigger tasks that create more accountability because they feel more ownership of tasks mm-hmm. and growing the team. And then I also take a page out of one of my friend's books and I hold bi-weekly one-on-one meetings with each of my team members. It's just a 15 to 20 minute call and we, we just check in. How's it going? How's workload? How's your family? We talk about any successes or struggles and we pivot from there. So I don't micromanage, but everyone knows that they're going to talk to me every two weeks and (laughs) we're going to check in. (laughs) Yeah. So they're going to face the music if they've slacked off in any way. You're going to bring it to their attention in the bye week. It's not going to. What, what I often see happen, and I have been guilty of this myself in the past, especially when I first started managing people, was you just like let it go too long. Like they didn't do something that they were supposed to do, but you didn't mention it right then. And you just mm-hmm. kind of let it drag out. But these biweekly meetings, these one-on-ones, that's probably a good opportunity to be like, okay, you were supposed to get this task done by such and such we're now two weeks past that. What's going on? Do you need any help for me? What's holding you up, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure that I'm putting words in your mouth, but I feel like those meetings are a good time to like not let things drag on as well and drag out. That's exactly it. I, I always try to put myself in other people's shoes and how I like my boss and leaders to work with me is I never want to hear about a problem six months later. Mm-hmm. So I lead by example. And if there's a problem, you're going to know about it that day. We're going to address it and we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. these biweekly calls are just another touch point to make sure that I'm engaged with everything that's happening and that they know to come to me too. If there is a problem, we have a whole team to to rely on and we can shift things around and, and make sure that we're meeting our deadlines. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of a conversation I keep having with my son about his score. <laughs> Like, come to us if you need help. <laughs> let us know. It's, so, it's a lot like parenting. Yeah. You can't let it just drag out. You have to like call them on it when it happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Had to chuckle at that. Because as you were describing that, I just keep thinking about these conversations I've been having with my son. So anyways, totally digressed. Hopefully that gives everybody else a chuckle if you have kids, especially kids in school. The struggle is real. Yes. <laughs> okay. So some of the things we talked about today was how Carrie's team is made up. She does have a very large marketing team. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening, their firm isn't even that large. But I wanted to bring her on because even if you only have one other person or two other people and they work in a different office or they're working from home and you're in the office, you know, or vice versa, managing a team is difficult in and of itself. But then managing a team that you're not sitting directly next to, there's a couple of other challenges that get thrown in. And so I hope that Carrie gave you some ideas today to help you with your team. So Carrie, I end every one of my episodes with the rapid fire questions. Are you ready for those? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Question number one. 
What is your number one piece of advice for marketers who are new to the AEC industry? My biggest piece of advice is to get involved and ask questions. This is your career. This is what you want to do. So invest in yourself. Find opportunities to learn something new and ask the question, why? Be that you know four-year-old child that keeps asking, why? <laughs> but why? But why? You will learn so much about business, about our industry, about why decisions are made and the impacts. And you will have this great knowledge that you can continue to build upon in your career. Love it. I love that answer. Okay. Question number two. What has been your favorite or most memorable win? Ooh, this one's a hard one because I celebrate all my wins very seriously. But I love my, that. my favorite win was the work, this proposal we did for the city of New York City. It was the very first proposal we have ever submitted to the city. We were brand new into this mega market with major competition. And we did the textbook capture planning effort, you know, meeting with the client, understanding the project. We poured our heart and souls into this proposal. And we actually got shortlisted on the very pr- first proposal that we ever submitted. Wow. And of course, as clients do, they have their presentation at 9 a.m. on Monday morning. <laughs> so that weekend before, which happened to be Father's Day, the team went up to New York City and we spent the weekend in a hotel conference room that was in the basement refining our presentation. It was exciting and nerve wracking and intense and fun. I just loved all of that. And I remember flying home that Monday, I took Tuesday off because I needed to get some housework done and I was running errands and I was in home goods and I got got a call from the project manager to tell me we won. And I must have screamed so loud in home goods. (laughs) And then went on a little shopping spree. So, oh wow, yeah, that's a dangerous store to be in to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations! That is that is a tough market. So, and to get it on your first submittal, that just proves to anybody that capture planning can really work. <laughs> it does, I promise. <laughs> okay, last rapid fire question number three: What are you excited about? So I thought about this answer because I could have answered it a lot of different ways. But as cliche as it sounds based on this conversation, I'm genuinely most passionate about my team. I wake up every day and sit in my home and just pour my heart and soul into this job. This is the best team I've ever been a part of. We come from all different walks of life with various viewpoints and experiences. And it's just amazing to see how so many different people can come together and accomplish so much. So I know it's cheesy, but that's my true answer. Oh. Well, then you are the right person to bring on to talk about this topic. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> no, but you can definitely hear it in your voice. And I know some people that work for you. So I'm sure they can say the same thing about how they feel working in your team. So, so that's good. I like that. Well, thanks for being on the show today, Carrie. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super excited.